pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready. Welcome to This Feels Terrible. I'm your host, Erin McGathy. This week on the show, I have comedian, actor, podcast host, soon-to-be off-Broadway performer extraordinaire, Chris Gethard. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Chris, uh, he's been on Parks and Recreation, Broad City. He's the creator and host of the hilarious and very human Chris Gethard Show. And he's host of Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People, a podcast where he talks to a new stranger every week on the phone and incredible things happen. Highly recommend that podcast. He's also a longtime performer at the UCB Theater, and he's just all around really interesting performer and such a kind human being. And uh, I was fortunate enough to um, become uh, friends with him over the last month or so. Uh, for all of August, most of you know, I was in Edinburgh performing my uh, one woman show, <laughs> which is the only way you're legally allowed to say one woman show. I was performing my one woman show, uh, Love You Loudly, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which was a comedy show about um, my my history with love and things I've done in the name of love, and also kind of followed the um, the story of my uh, of my marriage and divorce. And uh, as you can imagine. Going into doing, going to do that show was, was, was pretty scary. I was talking about things on stage and making jokes about things on stage that I, ha I hadn't really talked about out loud with anyone, let alone a new anonymous, uh, new random audience every day for 28 days. So heading, heading over to do the show. I had, uh, I had just performed at the Vodafone Comedy Festival in Dublin and Chris Gethard also was performing at the Vodafone Comedy Festival. So when I got on my flight from Dublin to Edinburgh, who happened to be on my flight but Chris Gethard? And who happened to be sitting right next to me? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was, in fact, Chris Gethard. Uh, I, I had met Chris before years ago at, um, I think, a Del Close marathon at the UCB in New York. But I hadn't ever really talked to him before, but I was, but I was obviously very familiar with him. I've always, I've always really loved all of his projects and his just how prolific he is. He does, he does so many interesting, um, interesting projects and, and, uh, he's, he just has such a unique, honest voice that I, obviously I was, was very, uh, attracted to that. So I was very happy when we sat next to each other on the, on the plane. And I've never, I've never talked to anyone on a plane before. I'm pretty, I'm pretty introverted and, uh, I, 
it, the, the idea of starting a conversation with someone at the beginning of a flight and then just feeling kind of indebted to them for the rest of the flight is, is a really is a scary, um, scary thing for me. And I think for a lot of people, I'm sure. But uh, I sat next to him and I, um, I introduced myself and we ended up having really nice conversation. <laughs> and I told him about how nervous I was about my show. And he, we, we shared, um, we, we shared our feelings about being nervous about this festival in general. And, and he was going to Edinburgh to do his show, Career Suicide, which is excellent. And, um, I'm happy to say that you will actually have an opportunity to see this amazing show because he's going to be performing it off Broadway starting in October. I'll tell you more about that later. Uh, Judd Apatow is presenting it and it's, um, it's incredible. I highly recommend it, but we, we connected on this flight and I, I told him a lot of things that I hadn't actually told anyone really. Uh, he has, he has this, um, this great quality that that made me feel very safe and um and i shared a lot of my fears with him about the show and uh we we both did this festival and this recording i i interviewed him right after i had performed my very last show and he was about to do his his final show a few hours after this interview and uh in this interview we talk a lot about the the process of being in this festival and what it's like uh, doing, making comedy out of uh, real life pain. Chris's show is about depression and suicide and his, his history with that. And uh, obviously that stuff is very serious. So we, we, you know, and, and it's very real and real to Chris. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a unique thing doing, doing comedy about your own, um, your own truth guys uh, versus, uh, versus more observational stuff. Um, not that it's better. <laughs> I don't even know. You probably weren't even thinking that. I don't know. Now I'm being defensive, but, uh, I, I really enjoyed talking to Chris and, um, in, in general, I, I, I feel very, I feel very fortunate for the whole experience of, of Edinburgh, which I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about later. I have more interviews, uh, from Edinburgh coming your way. Um, but I, I, I feel I'm not someone who, who really believes in fate, I don't think, but I don't know, maybe I do because I, I really appreciated getting to start and end the festival, uh, with, with these really nice conversations with this, with this kindred spirit. So please enjoy this interview with Chris Gethard. Um, right after the interview, I'm going to give you guys more of a, a life update. If that's something that, <laughs> that interests you, um, I'm putting it at the end of the episode because I, uh, I would, I would be horrified if you're here for Chris Gethard and I'm just going on and on about myself. But, um, if you want to hear more about what's happening in my life, uh, Dad, uh, listen after the interview. Otherwise, please enjoy this interview with the wonderful Chris Gethard. But I don't, I don't really remember. <laughs> Has everything just kind of wandered together? Yeah, I don't know if you've had that experience, but like, <coughs> sorry, had to sneeze. It has been like. It doesn't feel like a month of my life. It feels a lot longer. And I'd really, yeah. I'd really love to. I'm going on vacation <laughs> now, which is nice, but I'd love to That's sleep nice. in my own bed. Yeah. I'd love to sleep in my own bed, but. 
You guys are, you and your do. wife are traveling around Ireland? Yeah, we're going to drive down the whole west coast of Ireland, and it'll be really fun, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but there sure. is a part of me that's like, oh my God, I feel like I've been, I think I've been gone for five weeks already. This will yeah. be the sixth week coming up. Oh yeah, you went to Dublin right before that. Yeah, because I did yeah. Vodafone, and now this, yeah, yeah. and now a week. So it's, it's, it's really fun, and I mean, I certainly can't complain about my life, and I get to travel and stuff like that, but... Doing the show 26 nights in a row I feel like you're in the same boat Let alone a show that's like About a lot of stuff That I'm not like Totally reconciled with yet <laughs> Talk, yeah, exactly. Just talking about it In yeah. front of strangers 26 yeah. times It's not the best <laughs> It's not like the easiest. <laughs> like when the shows are really hot, it's like, oh, awesome. And then when it's yeah. like, you know, when it's like a slow Tuesday and you're just like telling them <laughs> that you're very suicide attempts, they're just looking at you, confused silence. You're like, oh my God, I've been gone 23 days. I've been gone from home. I want to go home so bad. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> this is a this is a cackle of recognition because I know exactly what you're talking about. Like when you're having a show that's not... Like, I've never, like, and I'm sure you didn't have any, like, quote-unquote, bad shows. No, I had some that were worse than others, but I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm very happy with the run. I I would say I had, like, I had one bad show, but it's only because a bachelor party showed up. And I assume anyone listening to this doesn't know my show, but it really is. It's about, like, I think it's a very funny show, but it's... I think they may. I think think we have some crossover. Oh, that's good. I don't want to flatter myself. So maybe they know. Yeah. No, I would be the flattered one. But it's like a show about depression and shit. And like, I get if it's a bachelor. If you, my guess is that like a, somebody with flyers was just like, "Hey, American comedian," and they just wandered in. And right. I get why that's not for them. But I've never had this where they all started walking out like two or three at a time. Ugh. I was like busting on them a little bit because I had to as a performer. Sure. Keep and the you're you're the in show. a you're in a you're in a room where people have to walk across the stage yeah. to leave. There's they have no to walk back down a big exit. staircase. Yeah. There's just a center aisle, so, and it's like yeah. bleachers. So it's like dunk dunk. And then someone's on the stage And then I said I was like I I was making fun of them And someone was like There's like 15 more of them dude And I was like Oh Oh, god God. And then I found out It was a bachelor party And I was like Hey like I get you guys Might not have known What you're getting into With this show But if anybody else Wants to leave Maybe let's just do it now Yeah Because there's like A clean break And they were like No you're good No they were like You're good And then like Five minutes later Two more left Then ten minutes later Three more left And I was like Oh they're like Strategically walking out To fuck with the show It was a bomber Really? That was my one real bad night that fucking sucks what a weird bachelor party move yeah yeah it was a little much and i had another guy walk out at one point and it was during like a dirty part of the show and i was like hey like the crowd started to kind of like murmur at him Mm. and i was like actually no like this show's not for everybody and like yeah yeah maybe they didn't know what they were getting into with this one and i get it and like dirty part of the show they were older too i was like i really hope i didn't offend and i was being so nice my wife was there that night she was like you were being so nice to them and i'm like i hope you guys have a great night i hope i didn't offend and the guy turns around and he's like i should have left 20 minutes ago and the crowd started booing him and i started going after him and then that's insanity so i had that one other night where there were a bunch of walkouts but by and large it's that's absurd that person was especially that guy that guy i was like oh i should have left 20 minutes ago especially because you're being like it's not like you were making fun of no, I was not being aggressive at all. I was letting them off the hook. But that was one of those things where I'm like, oh, people don't like talking about this stuff. And this guy, generally people showing up are like ready because they know what the show is. This guy didn't. Yeah. He doesn't want it. He has some experience with this stuff in his life. He doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, so there was like actual anger there. That's But otherwise, sad. the other 22, 23 nights, they were all good. Yeah. You, yeah. T- you told me you also, you had, so- you had someone walk out and as he was walking out, he was just like, yeah, it's just not for me. Like, yeah. that's nice. That makes sense too. That was like, really early. That for was... whatever reason, he wasn't able to. Yes. That was like the second or third night of the run. And I think that's again when it was like, 
because my firing team, I think they were all like, Broad he's, City. He's on Broad, he's on Broad City sometimes. Like, and yeah. that's. <laughs> but I mean, if that's yeah. all you know, I get it. And then yeah. I'm up here like, oh, life is so dark and sad. Let I, me sing Morrissey lyrics, literally in the show. Yeah, I, I, I am still, I'm still baffled. One of the, one of the wonderful things about the Fringe is that there are so many shows. Like there, are, I think, like altogether there are seven thousand or something. Yeah, something like I, I had heard thirty-seven hundred. But then there's also the International Fringe. There's yeah. also there's like other festivals happening at the same yeah. time too. But there are so many shows that you can choose what to go to. That's going to be something that you enjoy. There are so many different shows, yeah. and yet I still I still had audience members come in. They were still perfectly. Fine, but they were just like, oh, a show, which, which is I so, appreciate. which is nice. It's really nice, but it is like it's 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 so surprising that they would then like go into your. Sh- but if you're coming to like an hour long set, I think it's safe to assume it's going to maybe be about something. Yes, and you should at the very least you shouldn't be mad when it is. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah maybe open yourself up to it a bit. Yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. What can you do? I don't know. Yeah, overall, I've been really. Uh, impressed with everyone, but like the, the, yeah, the experience, like you were saying before, of uh, when it's a show that's not like when people aren't laughing super hard, then it does feel like you are just, well, for me, it's felt like I am just re- reliving these really sad moments in my life. Yeah. And also, like, some, it's interesting, like, after, after my shows, people will say to me, Oh my god! Or people will tweet, "Oh my god, what a wonderful comedy show! You're such a great comedian." And then other times, people will say, "Like it's not comedy; it's storytelling." When it's a more like, oh, and that's the worst, right? <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had like a couple reviews that were like, "Comedy's not totally the point here," and I'm like, "Oh god, no! Yes, it is. Yes, it is." Or like shows where I felt like it really was just met with largely silence, and then someone would come up to me afterwards and be like, "That was really important," and I'm like, "Oh god, that's the worst." <laughs> It's the worst thing you could have said to me right now. I don't want to. I'll also say this. There's so many shows about depression. There's like seven or eight other shows about depression at this festival. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, I don't yeah. think I would have come if I'd known that. Because I, I don't know what you felt. Like, I also felt a weird thing of like, because I've, ne- I've never done The Fringe before. Yeah. And there's definitely like a little bit of a weird thing towards American comedians. Mm. Or maybe not even towards with American comedians where I think Americans tend to like not really research what this festival is. Like, I've yeah. had a bunch of friends who are like, why are you doing that festival? Same, it sucks. Same, same, it's like yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. But I, then I'm out here and I'm like, oh, they're probably coming out with like their club acts. Exactly, yeah. And it's like aggressive American stuff. New York, I'm from New York in particular, and like that's not what flies here, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the same time... Everything needs a theme and a through line. Exactly, and whatever. Yeah. exactly. But then at the same time, I do feel like one of the knocks on it that's maybe legit is sometimes people like pick an issue and start writing yeah. instead of writing funny first. And I do not want to be regarded as that. So I think I don't think I would have come <laughs> if I'd known there were going to be half a dozen other shows about depression because I don't want it to be like an issue or I want it to be a really, really funny show. Yeah. I don't really care about like trying to push well, an issue. You I don't know? know if I believe you in that way. Right? I mean, like, I, well, don't, I don't feel like you're trying to push an issue. Exactly. But I, it's like, but it's important to you. I feel like I you believe be, about talk like you. You, one of the things I really appreciate about you and something that I aspire to is doing work that's really honest. Yes. And your 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 honesty about your own life is like this depression and 
Yes. Or, yeah. And well, so- being honest and talking about it is a big priority. It's also like very scary and challenging, and I'm aware but that you're that's not gonna- your your mission is not to solve depression. No, 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 no. You were just being honest the same way that someone's being honest about traffic making exactly. them angry. Exactly, and it's kind of like well, I kind of feel like if that is something I can go for, and I choose not to because I'm scared. Um, then it's kind of like that's kind of just like a weak move, you know. But like, anytime someone says to me like, "Oh, that was really important," I try to like look at the script, listen back, figure out what they were saying was important, and try to replace <laughs> it with a laugh. Only, really? be- yeah. Well, only because I'm like I'm not I'm not out to solve the world's problems, and I think any good I can do is if I make it really funny. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of organizations sure. that know what they're talking about and that do a lot of good. <laughs> I think the difference is that your show does not sound preachy I at that, all. Exactly. That's what I'm boiling it down to. I don't want to get up on a soapbox. I don't want to preach. I just want to yeah. like speak honestly. And I really do think like I, I've thought a lot about like not putting myself on this level in any way, but you think about like Lenny Bruce and George Carlin like taking on censorship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, they were really, really funny. So people had to deal with what they wanted to say yeah but the first the priority and the reason they got to say anything was because it was funny like same thing with like like i remember my grandparents they were they were immigrants from ireland not always known as the most open-minded people immigrants mm-hmm. who showed up in in uh, in america in the 1940s different yeah. time but i remember they really loved richard Pryor movies and like my mm-hmm. grandfather would say some things where you'd be like, so you like Richard Pryor? And he'd be like, yeah. And you realize like, oh, because Richard Pryor is just really fucking funny. Mm-hmm. My grandfather will like not make all his comments about black people this night. <laughs> He's from a different era. Yeah. And uh, I think about that again, not equating myself to those comedians, but thinking like they were really, 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 really funny. And because of that, people had to listen to what mm-hmm. they were saying. Yeah. And that's my priority. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to convince myself. Um, but I, I I know for me, in the writing of it, I'm like, what can be funnier? What can be funnier? What can be funnier? Because that's yeah. what will... And it is. It is really funny. It's what I have to offer. Yeah. I think the confusion is over. Like, because also, like, with the whole, you know, we, you've, we've both been here, both been here for a month. And so we've heard people make jokes about, like, the quote unquote dead dad show. Or yeah. And depression show. is that this yes. year. And depression is that this year. But, like, there's a re, I've also heard people make this point, um, which I, which I think is so true, is that the reason why depression is that thing this year is because we're just now talking about depression. Yeah. And also, especially over here, like get it like depression and therapy and everything is so much more taboo than it is in the United States. Yeah. It's, and it's important that people talk about it. And it's especially important that men talk about it. Yeah. Cause it's seen as this feminine weakness. Someone just pointed that out to me the other day. Like, and I didn't even realize that, that somebody was like, you're like a guy talking about depression. That's like pretty rare. And I was like, Oh, I guess it is. I've had so many older Irish men talk to me when they find out I'm from California, say like, ah, let me tell you a story about someone from California. I had this guy in my cab, because usually a cab driver. Right. I had this guy in my cab who, who, uh, who told me that he went to therapy. Yeah. End of story. That's the yeah. entire thing. And I'm like, I don't. That's okay. Yeah, it's that's a bit all, much. All right. It's a bit much. Yeah. So I'm yeah, happy. So- like, I'm happy if I'm happy if the show, like, hits some people or gives them some perspective on my experience or maybe like the big thing is I've had a couple people tell me like like I once had a couple tell me this was actually in New York a couple saw the show and said oh our our, our son's doctor recommended like antidepressants and we were like no he's a little kid but like mm. 
we're gonna be more open. We're gonna listen. Remember, he's a doctor now, and I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. If that gets across, that's great. And if they show up because I'm funny, and then they leave with something like that, thumbs up. That's yeah. Good. I mean, not not to be so up our asses, but I mean, that's why art's important. Is because like I like to think so. Yeah. Comedians don't like to admit that we're <laughs> artists, but I think you, I think there's truth in what you're saying. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's. Yeah, I, the, the like comedy is great because it's the the guys of all comedy is like we all feel this way, right? Or not we all feel this way, but this is how I feel. Like let's share our experience, and like you're saying, pay attention to people who are funny. I feel like I feel like comedians have taken the place of philosophers, where we're talking about like human experience and the way that we understand things. Um, <laughs> I hate myself, but I think <laughs> it's true though. I also think too about how it's like working class philosophy. I've thought about that. Mm -hmm. Like I always think I really miss Letterman Mm. and like the new, the new era of talk shows is fine, but it's all about like games and hashtags and that's great. Yeah. More power to you. But I miss like, I feel like the absurdity of, and also like the idea that like, here's this guy and he's like cynical and sarcastic and he's going to talk shit about politicians mm. and celebrities are going to come on and sometimes he'll be nasty if they're just like totally vapid. Yeah. Like he gets in a fight with Madonna or Paris Hilton or someone <laughs> or Spencer Pratt. <laughs> and he Pratt. does not give a shit. And yeah. I kind of feel like you think about that and it's like, I think about like guys like my dad where it was like, my dad worked so hard. He left every morning before I was out of bed. He'd come back exhausted and just be grumpy. And then you like get to turn on the first 20 minutes of Letterman and just like see this caustic dude kind of just like shit on politicians and celebrities a little bit. And you're like, oh, that's like pressure release for the working class. Yeah. Is this guy. And I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if the current crop of, of talk show hosts is that, but Someone like Louie probably is closer to it, and Bill mm-hmm. Burr certainly, you know. Uh, and there, I think yep. there is that thing of like, you know, different niche people find different comedians that are kind of like speaking towards their worldview, and I think that's yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. To have like an unpretentious form of philosophy in the world. Totally. I, I think about the things that really shaped me growing up, and it, it's like a lot of a lot of comedians, like, um, and just. Yeah, and also it's it's so valuable to hear other people's perspective, and it's it's absolutely garbage that anyone's like <laughs> saying that it's that it's bullshit that there are so many shows about depression. Like that's such a crazy complaint. <laughs> that's so yeah. absurd. I get it, especially though, in the show that. Inc- yeah, but like I that's, get it. I mean, you know. I get it. I'm part yeah. of the problem. I'm part no. of the problem here. I shouldn't have done you know, this. The show, the show that won. First of all, I was I was uh, astounded that you didn't get nominated for the award. But that just points out how silly those comedy I, awards I, well, are. The rumor is that I was deemed ineligible. That's <laughs> oh, because what I was you were too established. Because I'm too established that ah, I'm ineligible. Okay. Well, that I mean that makes sense. Which is yeah. flattering. But then there's also a part of me that's like. I think Guys, I'm not. I think, but <laughs> you're regretting all those big uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> I think, no, but I think it was more. I think one of the rules is you can't have a TV show named after you, and I do have the Chris Gethard show. Uh, but that did make me laugh because you, have, if you actually look into the success rate or the size and scope of the Chris Gethard show, yeah, it's not. It's not a very. Uh, it's, I'm not. It's not crushing oh in any mainstream way. What a strange life we're leading. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thing. It's yeah. cool, but yeah, it kind of bummed well, me out too because yeah. that that panel came to my show three times, I think. Oh wow! So I'm like, yeah, I wish yeah. I just had those tickets back to sell, or also <laughs> that you didn't get like 
everyone all worked up about maybe I'd, I'd get that. Yeah. But who cares at the end of the day? It's ego. But I, I was bummed. I, I won't lie yeah. about it. I was a little pissy. Because also, here's the other thing that I'll say, too, is my show was definitely like very buzzed about in the first couple weeks. Yeah. And then it wasn't on those nominations. And it's just been like really, uh, it's been like half full ever since. And I can't complain. That's better than I thought I was going to do here. No, but that's but that's understandable. It is. But I'm also... Doesn't your show uh, deserve to be uh, nominated for those awards? Yeah, I kind of feel yeah. like it was pretty and good show. And the guy's show. show who won was about depression, basically. Was it? The Newcomer I mean, Award? Uh, no, the, the, big one? the big one. Oh, yeah, Richard Gadd. Yeah, I saw yeah. him. I did a spot with him and some spot show, and he was pretty great. Yeah, yeah. He's really fucking cool. Did you see his show? I didn't catch it. I haven't, I, but I've heard about it, and then when I tried to say it, it was too, it was yeah. too late. Yeah. yeah. But I heard it was very good. But yeah, the depression thing is, imp- is important. Yeah. Well, it's funny for people it to is. be like, oh. Yeah. You know what's great is that like with with all of this awareness of depression, um, the the hack joke of like someone being like crazy or like woo like that's going away. That's yeah. That's, that's a nice thing. It that is. helps comedy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's also like just on a very personal level. Like people say less less dumb things to me personally because they know it <laughs> might wind up in my show. People uh, keep their yeah. mouths shut about their opinions a little bit more now, which is nice. <laughs> this is really nice. Yeah. So so <laughs> so has this has doing this show, which was so. Person. I mean, you've you've done it. You did it up until this point several times, but like this is the first time you've obviously done it twenty six times pace. in a row, oh, and you have your Jesus. last show tonight. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> Does it has it uh, has it made you understand those things better? Has it what effect has it had on your actual experience with those things? It's weird because it's actually like. Like a lot of the stuff doing the show was very empowering. Like some of the darkest stuff, I couldn't believe I was talking about it on stage when I first started. It seemed really ill-advised, but then it was getting a reaction. It was Mike Burbigley actually kind of pushed me. He was like, "You gotta, you gotta talk about some of this stuff on stage." Mm-hmm. And I was, he was like, "If you can make this funny, you got something really cool in your hands, man." So that stuff was really hard to kind of get over the hump with. But doing it this many times in a row, I realized like there's a handful of other things that I'm clearly not cool with yet. And I kind of didn't realize it, especially like I talk a lot about um, my current shrink in the show. But I also talk about what my experience with my first shrink was like. And it was not I didn't end well. Yeah. And like doing it and talking about that every night has made me realize it was really unfair the way that doctor yeah bailed on me like yeah. I just basically had a doctor bail and the more yeah. I talk about it, I haven't thought about that in well like being abandoned by this person who's, who's signed on to yeah. take care of you kind of yeah so there's yeah. a stretch of the show where I talk about that the way that that relationship fell apart mm. and I realized about halfway through the run of like oh I am like I'm like actually getting angry about this to the point where the crowd is getting a little uncomfortable mm. in a way that I don't mind but where yeah. I was like oh this is not this is not resolved yet. Yeah. Because also, I just like left. I kind of like left in panic and fear. And I wish I, there's a part of me that's like wants to call up that doctor mm-hmm. and be like, why? Well, I hope, I hope someday this is a special and you fucking watch it, dude. <laughs> asshole. That asshole. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed it. to curse. I assume no, I can curse. No, you are. Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool. Yeah, Good. yeah. Yeah. I had, I had that experience as well with like a part of my show that I was kind of just throwing away where I talk about um, I talk about this 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 guy cheating on me and making this uh, this sexy calendar for him yeah and uh, 
I um, I saw I saw via Instagram because we still have mutual friends that he got married like a couple of weeks ago, and it, which is which is totally fine. But like, mm-hmm. and I and I don't know, I don't even think that's what made me sad. But about a week ago, I was doing the the, sh- the show, and I was talking. In the show, I talk about how when I thought he was cheating on me, I made this sexy calendar for him, and it's the way I talk about it is very lighthearted. But while I was talking about it, I started remembering how that actually felt, like how devastated I was and how desperate I was to like make this calendar. And I yeah. and I just kind of spiraled just on stage, just like I got I got really choked up, and it was seemed, <laughs> seemed like such a strange place to do that. And I was and I and then I I just kind of like off-roaded a bit and, and said like oh, I was so devastated and, and he got married this week and what were the speeches like at that wedding like what is like because I, I was part of their love story the for the first six months yeah what are, yeah exactly like so wait, he got married to the girl he was cheating with yes oh yeah <laughs> like, can I also say and edit this out if you don't want this aired sure but we were on the same flight from Dublin yeah yeah on the, on the flight that led to this mind fuck of a festival <laughs> yeah. and on that plane ride we I, we were really talking and I remember you like you were like kind of expressing this thing where you were like I gotta I gotta go put it all on the table out here <laughs> yeah, and I don't yeah. and it was very clear at least from the outside it was like I was like oh you're about to talk about some shit for the first time <laughs> in general not even on yeah. not even, let alone first time on stage it was like oh there's yeah yeah there's some stuff you're about to put out here <laughs> So I'm not surprised here that you've unwrapped a few things during this month because yes. the plane ride was like <laughs> me like, ah, oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, if I, it, I, I don't want to be too melodramatic, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it was kind of like, it felt a little bit like when Frodo and Sam left the Shire, you had a little <laughs> bit of that. Like, you know that scene in the first one where like Sam stops and he's like, this yeah. is the furthest away from home I've ever been. Yeah. It was a less melodramatic yeah. version of that, though, of you being like, yeah. I'm about to I'm about to go someplace. Because I, I haven't, haven't written anything else. So I'm going to have to just talk about these. It was really, I was very fast. And uh, in a way that I'd like to think was supportive, we certainly hit it off on yeah, that plane yeah, ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, sur- I came to your show I was, like real early in the run because I was like, oh, I got to go see. <laughs> how this is happening because it yeah. did it felt like on the, and but I, I was re- I really enjoyed your show thank you and um but it did feel like you were very on that plane ride you were kind of like had the vibe of like I think this is either going to be really good or like it there might be like a meltdown situation <laughs> I'm not trying to put words in your mouth I'm just telling you the vibe yeah, no, that's now that true, we're on the yeah. other other side of it yeah 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 no it's it was, that's very, it's very it, it was very yeah. I could tell it was very personal personal experience to come here and talk about that stuff for you yeah yeah and it must not it was it must not have been easy and uh <laughs> i was psyched i got to see it I was psyched i got to see it thank you yeah it was it, it's it's a we've talked about this before but it was, it was a weird it's a weird thing um using like your most painful moments for comedy like not just yeah. like like so so if, so if we're not observational comics <laughs> what is that or like yeah self self explorational comics yeah like? i don't really care what the deal with toothpaste is you know <laughs> but i care about, about my that. relationship with toothpaste when i saw it on the ground that <laughs> night after the shit yeah. was beating beat out of me yeah what is toothpaste then yeah the time i swallowed a whole bottle of toothpaste to see if it would kill me <laughs> <laughs> I wish uh, I'm jealous of people who can just go write jokes. I wish I could. <laughs> Seems so much less uh, emotionally damaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a, do you do you feel like when you talk about stuff on stage? I've, th- I've felt this way. I've said this previously that like when I talk about really p- personal things on stage, that I then then there's some distance between mm-hmm. them. But I feel like I'm kind of changing my tune on that after this experience. Like I feel. There have been moments where I feel like kind of far away from things, but I don't think it's because I've been talking about things. Like now I feel a little bit more intimate with all of this stuff. Yeah. I kind of, I had like sort of the same realization of, uh, cause I had, I'm doing the show in New York after this and I had a director come out and meet me later in my run just mm. cause of timing. It would have been better if it was early in the run. That's what most people do. I think is the yeah, directors yeah. with them the first week or two. My director came for the, th- like came on the, during the third week. And left at the beginning of this week, and it was it was really interesting because it was like I realized like in building the show and writing it and talking about it, even for the first year or so, I definitely was like creating some not distance but like like wrangling it, kind of being some some like I'm now in control of it. But my director, almost everything was like a lot of what she was encouraging me to do was like let's actually get back to letting it be less controlled let's get back to the emotion let's kind of act in you know be an actor and and kind of live in it see if it affects your delivery to kind of go there so i feel like there's almost this like for me at least there is this like like very odd series of steps which was like write it try it get it funny create that distance so it feels safe and then let it back in and pray that it doesn't mess with your head too much and it certainly did at times it certainly did at times yeah yeah I've been like it's funny like my um I I lived with three guys while I was out here and then my wife showed up two weeks in and I like we me and these three guys had hung out a whole bunch and then my wife got here I was seeing more shows with her and then my director was here and I just stopped seeing these guys yeah but then they all left last night and we were all saying goodbye and I was like on the verge of tears and I'm like a 36 year old man and these are all people who are one guy is my age and the other guys are older and I'm like oh I'm just so I've been drowning myself in my own emotions for this whole month like I'll text these guys. Like, I'm not even that close with two of the guys. Yeah. Nice guys. The other guys are buddy. We'll see each other a bunch. (laughs) But I was just like, oh, I'm like living and I'm just like drowning in emotions this month. And it's not. Yeah. Not ideal. I'll be happy to take a little vacation after this. (laughs) How, how has it been with you and your, and your wife, like in this, in this emotional climate? It's cool. And how does she deal with? I mean, it's weird for you to speak for your wife, but... No, for sure. It, well, she helps a lot, like, because she's an artist, too. Um, mm-hmm. And she's an artist. For, she's not a comedian. She's, like, an artist artist. She's, like, an aerialist right, dancer. Yeah. She was on Broadway. She's done all sorts of experimental theater and stuff. And she's a musician. So, like, it's really nice to have someone... It's like she can come and see my show and just enjoy it because she's not a comedian. Mm-hmm. But when... I'm doing something like this where I'm thinking so hard about the show. She also has that artist brain and can offer up lots of thoughts and, and, and obviously knows me better than anybody. So can also push me like there was a joke I had early in the show that I've been doing for years and it always killed. And she finally was like, Hey, you're out here working on for a month and I just want to call bullshit. Cause that joke's not true. And the rest of your show is really true. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's kind of true. It's like an example of a thing that's true. And she's like, yeah, but because she was involved in it and she's like I don't really remember that happening I remember stuff like that happening but she's like I think you gotta go there so there was like cool things a lot of cool stuff like that plus like she's just like 
I don't know. I feel bad because I didn't see as much comedy as I wanted to. Probably mm-hmm. only saw like six or seven comedy shows in the month. That's but because that's of her, so, yeah. that's a decent amount. But yeah. I saw like so much cool experimental theater. That's cool. And I wish immersive I seen theater. More. Yeah. And that's cool too because that stuff. I've I, I've always found that when I see people who are just doing something totally different than I am, mm-hmm. it always kind of makes my gears turn. Me too. Where yeah. I'm like, how. What's my version of this? Yeah, that's my favorite time to write is after seeing uh, like a like really good piece of theater. Big time. Yeah, yeah. And I saw a lot of cool experiment, like a lot, a lot of cool experimental shit. That's nice. Some of it funny, some of it really dark and serious, and so must, that was cool. Must also be cool, like in your partnership, because like she's she's an artist, and she's like she has to be a really technical artist. Because she's mm-hmm. an aerialist and all of these things that you don't necessarily have to consider as a comedian. Like, she has to consider all these things, like, you know, or she could die or whatever mm-hmm. else. And said oh, she, yeah. she was injured at one point. Yeah, but like, yeah. She, she retired from aerials because she, in the middle of a show, she ruptured one disc and herniated another, I think. And also tore her labrum, like, all at yeah. the same time. Like, she's a she, badass. But it is. It makes you realize. Did she get, out of your, get you out of your head at all in that way? She does, but it's all, I mean, definitely makes me realize that what I get to do is like very fun at the end of the day. Mm. And it's like not, I'm not going to wind up in a fucking wheelchair. Yeah. So that's not, not that she wound up in a wheelchair, but she could have and friends of hers did. And like, she certainly was in physical therapy for like six years after that. When we got together, she couldn't carry a bag of groceries up the steps. Like she's really lazy. Yeah, it was a really easy person. <laughs> no, but I was actually going to say, it's actually really inspiring because her, like, in her art, you have to be perfect or else someone can get killed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I went and saw the show. Ne- we weren't together when she was in her um, last aerial show, Fuerza a Bruta, but I went and saw the show with the current company with her. And she pointed out an act to me where she's like, you know, one thing that no one in this crowd realizes is like, this is all timed. And if one person misses a beat, like you could crash into each other in midair, head to head, be dangling unconscious in front of an audience. So like, she's from a world of art where like, if you're not perfect, someone could get killed. Yeah. Legit. Someone could break a bone. Someone could, you could wind up with a concussion dangling from a rope. So it's kind of cool to... When she when she offers advice on my show, which is not always, we have a real healthy. She lets me go and work and hustle, and and then I I let her know I really need your thoughts on stuff. Like she's not obtrusive, um, or like trying to like steamroll thoughts in. But sure, do you feel like how 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 valuable do you think is it is is it for you to be in a partnership with someone who's also a creative? It's great, and it's equally important that it's she's not a comedian. Right, yeah. It's the I, best I, of both yeah, worlds. Yes, like, yeah. she understands that, like, some, some weeks I'm going to be touring, or some days I'm going to have gigs till two in the morning, or if I'm really inspired and I need to write, I need to kind of, like, cancel a bunch of shit and disappear, which is nice, because she's an artist and she gets it, but yeah. there's not that, like, push and pull of competitiveness that comes with dating other comedians, because I've mm-hmm. done that, too. Yeah. Um... And it's nice, like, being with another artist from that discipline, it makes me realize, like, comedians, we can get away on charm, and we can have bits that we know aren't the tightest or aren't mm-hmm. perfect, but being right, with her... because we won't die. Yeah, yeah, but being with her, it sometimes makes me realize, or make me feel like, well, what if I do get it perfect? Like, what if I work as hard as she does? And that's a nice, it's a nice push, you know? It's a nice yeah, push. Yeah, that's nice. Well, because your show, your show does come across as, as very precise. 
Yeah, and it's gotten more so in the month, I would say. Yeah. My director really has it. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this thing is moving now in a way it never has. And that's just also, I'm lucky, like, started working on my show in 2014. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, the sense I got, is, the sense I get around this festival is a lot of people show up with their show, maybe have formed two thirds formed, and that first sure. week is about, it's really nail it down in the room I'm in with the crowds I'm attracting. So yeah, I was, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm lucky in that. Like, I've, I did my show, I think, solid 60 or 70 times over the two years before I even came here. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely a little... It, it, was, it was at that like technical point by the time I got here. That's good. I'm, I'm going to ask you a really irritating question. I'm into it. <laughs> um, after this show, and this show like has, has, has more life after this run, but like, do, you, do you see yourself writing another hour? And if you do, like, have you thought about what you would write about. Yeah. Have you and been you thinking about share, that too? I have been, yeah. Because yeah. this is your Projecting. first fringe as well, yeah? Yes, yeah, yeah. I've been like straight up, like, would I ever do this again? Right, this do you think you madness. would ever do it again? I don't know. I, I've been, I was talking with like, I was talking with Michelle Wolf about it. I don't know. If, oh, wow, that sound is particular. We're in a bar. <laughs> we are. A, These mics are good though. Oh, they are. You'll be, you'll be shocked to hear how much the sounds actually just filter. Like a, yeah, wow. it's nice. It's really good. Yeah, okay. it's a good, it's a good recording setup. You'll see. There's like a blender in the background. It's um, kind of, it's a point of pride for me. People are always like, why is your sound so good? Yeah. Well, I don't that's know. awesome. I'm, yeah. Kudos to you. Thank you. <laughs> and kudos to the, uh, to the Zoom company. The fine folks at Zoom. <laughs> fine folks, folks at um, Zoom. Yeah, I don't know if I would do this one again. I was talking to Michelle Wolf about it, who's another New York comedian, who's a friend yeah, of mine. Yeah. And we were both like, we're texting the other day, like, I want to go home. I'm so ready to be done with this. But then it's like, you can't deny, like, I look at my show and I'm like, it's so much better than it was. Yes. And like, I actually learned so many of my bad habits too. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like working on the show, changing things. And and not since school have we been forced to do homework. This sort of like repetitive thing. Yeah. Because I was... I record my show every night and listen back to it the next day you and do? then rewrite. I'm going insane. I'm going insane. You must be going insane. So you hear your show two times a day, basically. Yeah, I, I listen yeah. to my show every day. Cause I'm, I That's also, really I'm smart. Like, I've had a hard time doing that because it, like, I, I get anxious listening for sure. back to it. Yeah. But I also know like I have, my director is out of my league. Like She should not be working on my show. She's right. She directed a show that won a... Pulitzer Prize on Broadway like she's out of my league so I was like I have to work hard yeah. before she gets here to know this thing inside and out well, I that's cannot... good you're not sabotaging yourself when you're just leaning Ooh. into it that's good yeah it is good but it was a lot so I'm like a workhorse and a maniac like that I just don't know if I could do it again but I was saying to Michelle and it's like learn bad habits like my director was like you know you write a lot of stuff that's in the past tense that would be better in the present tense and I'm like hmm. oh you just made me a better writer <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I listened to it and it's more engaging in the present tense. I've been doing comedy yeah. 16 years and I just learned that. And doing this festival is just now that'll just change all right in a handful hard, of other like, things. If you, if you like write like I've had that experience too, like just saying things, it, it makes me feel like embarrassed for all of my shows ever, kind of. Because, yeah, me because too. <laughs> like you write something, you're like, oh, it works like it's a laugh, but and then someone's like, better. you know, it could have just been slightly better. And, but all yeah. these little bad habits that I notice, like. So many like things where I'm trying to rewrite stuff, rewrite stuff, and then director pointing out like, you know, you always phrase your exposition like this, and we always remove it afterwards. And I'm like, oh, I'm just not gonna do that anymore. That's amazing. Yeah. And I yeah, never yeah. would have learned that if I wasn't here working for a month. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> I think the one thing I won't do 
is ever write a show just to come here. Like right. if I have something, say like Michelle and I were saying, like if I had an album I was working on or a mm. special I was working towards, oh, that'd be so smart. Like yeah. I, I would try to time it where it was released right after this because it's never yeah. going to be tighter than it is right now. That being said, I will say I have such a massive amount of respect for all the like English, Scottish, Irish, Australian, South African, Canadian comics that come here mm-hmm. and do this every year. But if I can just be a little catty, <laughs> there's been a few comments my way of like, oh, like, you Americans think it's such a big deal that Louis writes a new hour every year, and we just do that as a rule. And it's like, uh, okay, but yeah. slow your roll. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's true. Louis. Like, every joke he's ever written is better yeah. than any joke I'll ever write. Yeah. And also, lo- they're and all jokes. And they're all, there's tons <laughs> of punchlines. Whereas what they're, I mean, so much, I mean, they're, I, I, I love the I love the UK solo show thing, and I love the whole tradition of it's the cool. fringe and everything. And yeah, you it's see, really cool. And, and but audiences people, allow for these silent moments. Absolutely. And, yeah. and I'll say too, there's I mean, there's there's like thousands of comedy shows here, mm-hmm. and the cream of the crop people in this style are brilliant. And I've seen some stuff where I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Also, there's clearly some people who are going, I'm going to write about blank. And that's what they sit down and do before they yeah. worry about if it's funny. And that yeah, I got yeah. no time for. Same, yeah. So I don't really think I could just say I'm going to do Edinburgh if I didn't know I have some stuff I want to say. Yeah. That being said, I have thought about what would it be. And like, there's some stuff going on in my r- life right now that I really know at some point I'll need to like put it out on stage <laughs> just to process it. Yeah. But I generally work like five or six years out like I won't be ready to talk about this stuff for years yeah you should start writing about like how annoying your kids are yeah yeah Yeah. I should try to get ahead of the curve on that (laughs) yeah get ahead of the curve on that um so yeah I don't know have you have you thought about it uh I mean I have well I have I've met some people who do I mean for like for the fringe specific shows I 100% identify it and like feel the same way about like oh I wouldn't want to be like oh let me write a fringe show okay what's a what's a serious thing I could talk then but also I, we're lucky I should also say in case anyone listens to that and feels like I'm being snotty <laughs> I'm also massively respectful of the fact that that's done absolutely the people who yeah. are doing I saw some shows there's that some amazing, blew my yes, mind yes and yes. I'll also say this as an American I'm also aware that I'm very lucky because there's such a massive entertainment industry that I get to be a part of on a day-to-day but, basis. But yeah. there's not as much of a culture of live performance. For sure. And like, for sure. it is such a gift being over here, performing for the, these audiences who ha- see a bunch of shows. And it feels different than it does in the oh, States. For sure. Because like, people are like, oh, it's... And it's eye-opening. Yeah. Once a year, I go to see a show. Yeah. So, like the, a lot of the audience members yeah. would say in in uh, in the States. But uh, For sure. Yeah. And also... Even the part of me, I want to just make sure it's clear I'm aware. Like, even the part of me that says, like, some of these shows feel a little, like, thrown together or not written. Like, well, I don't have to do this every year. But what I've learned is in the UK, you build your career. Yeah. So, yeah, asshole, we're going to write a show and go for it. Because you come up here, you try to get good reviews, and then you book touring dates. And that can be your career for the year. So, I get it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying I don't have to of do course, that. Yeah. So, I wouldn't want to force it. And I want to make it clear. I know not all shows are going to be good, but you have to try. Um, so, I'm not trying to, like... Like, no, of course. I don't think I you think sound. I sounded I shittier sound than I want. Yeah, no, well, I, I heard it come do. out of my mouth and I'm like, it sounds harsh. I get that 
some like not everybody lives in New York or LA where there's writing jobs f- overflowing, you know, especially sure. in LA. I'm, I'm hearing it more as how you feel about like what you're going to do unless it's, it's like a, not a judgment good, on good, other good. people's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm of, I'm, I'm of two minds. Like I want to, I think I definitely want to do it again because I feel, I did not feel very prepared and mm-hmm. I feel like now I have like a good show, but I'd like to go back and I'd like to create like different set pieces because I also really enjoy I'm also an artist and so I like I want, I want to like create I want to I want to do more I want to mm-hmm. have more um, things happening and I want to like really think about the show I really just uh, cobbled it together at the last moment so I'd like to develop it more and then I also like I have friends or I've met these people who do these shows every night that sounds so fun that have just some element of improv like I would never yeah. I would never come out just with like the chuckle bucket gang and do like an improv no. show every night. Never, and when I see the posters for shows yeah. like that I'm always like I feel <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is a show yeah I haven't I mean, seen the shows. Talking, no, I have not seen the shows. They could I've be cream of the crop. They could be <laughs> top shelf stuff. All I know is that as, <laughs> as a lapsed like, improviser, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yes, exactly. This, <laughs> Five years ago, six doing? years ago, I would have been like first online. Yes, yes, yes. And this, and this sounds catty, but it's also just because improv is, is a weirdly newer to the UK. Yes, and it's, it's still a novelty though, here. Yeah, even though Whose Lines started over here, yeah. but they're still doing like short form yeah. improv. And so people have like, there, like most, like a lot of people have like a re- very repellent reaction to yeah. improv. Yeah, understandable. But what I would want to do, <laughs> I would want to do like, like meeting these people who are doing these uh, like improvised shows that are based on uh, TV shows that they had in their childhood, which are all super mm-hmm. fun. Like that Nightmare Live is two shows before, right. it, and I guessed on that a couple of days ago. It was so good That's and so awesome. fun. Yeah, and. Like, and I, I hear that show was like people loved it. Oh, I they it, love it. That, yeah. Uh, here's sorry to interrupt. <laughs> oh, it's right. Here's a question I have for you. Are there any things you'd change about like the organization of your experience now that you've done it? Yeah. In wh- which way? Like every like, way. Like I know I if I did it again. Like as soon as they told me the size of my room, I was like, that's too big. I don't want to mm. be responsible for that many tickets every night my first year. But you year. must have sold out most Not nights. Like Friday and Saturday. But if oh, I okay. if, if that room was 30 seats smaller I would have sold out The majority of my shows Yeah And then what would have happened Is that nice thing Where people feel like They can't get a ticket So they start buying them A yes. week out Yeah My my theater 160 seats Yeah mine was 180 <laughs> Yeah it's, If mine was like 70 seats smaller than that I would have been thrilled Yeah I, I really wish I was playing For like a 60 seat theater Especially since There's so many of those Which I didn't yeah, know Yeah 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 And then being at 10 o'clock Was such a drag For me I bet it was Yeah I wish I was at like 5 5 or 6 Yeah I think that's what I would do next year I'm happy this year That I did too Because I I did that on purpose Because I really Didn't I was really afraid Of like Drunk people Yeah Which I'm getting a lot Yeah And even more so I'm such a Neurotic workaholic Mm. That, that you wanted to work after your show? Before my show. Oh, uh, okay. I would just work all day and be listening yeah. back to the show and taking notes and then writing and then working with the director. So pretty much anything from 7 p.m. on, I just didn't go see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I knew I wanted to be like breaking down my show and stressing out about it. So yeah, like, yeah. And a lot of the best stuff is from 7 to 9. That's like yeah. the prime time. 
So kind of like, <laughs> but that's also why I think, I think that's a part of why it was so nice with my wife here. A lot of the circus and clowning and experimental theater is kid friendly. So it's all at like 11 in the morning. That's nice. Or one or two. Yeah, yeah. So that was nice too, but I would change those things. Smaller room. Yeah. Less pressure on that. Earlier time slot. Less yeah. drunks. Yeah. I would do smaller room, six or seven. And, uh. And yeah, and I would see, I would book my tickets ahead of time for what I wanted to see. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because my brain, it's like my brain would reset every day, like uh, like that Tom Cruise movie, Live, Die, Repeat, where I would just like go, wake up and even though the day before I had said like, I'm going to buy tickets for this and this and this and had told yeah. people like, I'll see this. And my brain just like wiped itself and then I was just starting everything all over again. So yeah. I want to, um, yeah, I would want to book tickets ahead of time for things because I feel like I missed out on seeing a lot of things I would have wanted to see. I missed a bunch of good stuff. I saw yeah. a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I missed a few things that I wanted to see for bad. But yeah. I had to see like David O'Doherty and Daniel oh, Kitson. Oh, that's good, yeah. I saw a couple of like the the people I've always wanted to see. I've always wanted to see Tommy Tiernan and I missed his oh, me show. Too. Bums yeah. me too. Yeah, Bums same, same. I really wanted to see Tommy Tiernan. Um, yeah, a few other things, a few other things that I, shows that I heard good things about. yeah. I also wasn't social enough because it was ten. <laughs> my show, no, I'm a shy, yeah, yeah. I'm a shy kid. Kid, I'm a 36 year old man. <laughs> I'm a shy person, and then my show's at ten. Gets out like a little after eleven. I'm hungry. I'm tired. Yeah. I want to go. I don't. I also don't drink. It's also the first time. I feel like we can give ourselves a break a bit for like going around. I mean, I had a much better time than. I was told I was going to have. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I was told it was going to be like, you should expect to have some shows where there's like four people. Right, yeah. yeah. I didn't run into four. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, same. Yeah. No, I didn't cancel any shows. I had a lot of friends who had to cancel shows because they I didn't have enough people show up. Yeah. I know New York comedians who have flown home after a week. Really? Because they just bail. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Fuck this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't bail on it. That's nice. Yeah. And did relatively well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think next time around, yeah, I think I'll definitely do it again, um, especially because I, uh, yeah, like I was saying, I felt kind of underprepared, so I'd like to, like, come back and with the, 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 uh, the, what's your name? The, uh, in election, the Reese Weatherspoon character, like Tracy that, Flick. Yeah, the Tracy Flick part of me is like, I'm going to come back and do yeah. a much better job. And then I think I'll also, like, schedule some other shows. Yeah. That are just like fun. And also, yeah. like, I would love to have some friends come out and we could just like fuck around. Do a fucker. I had the same thought. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, like, I started thinking of like which friends of mine in New York would kill it at yes, this festival yeah. and what show <laughs> would we too. team up on. Think about that too. Yeah. I've also, I don't know if you've done this, I have spent so much time just being sad on Facebook. <laughs> just like, I don't really have any, like. Yeah. Tight you're buddies feeling, here. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, Aww. oh, what if Joe Firestone was here right now? <laughs> I can think of like my actual buddies from New York. Yeah. What if, uh, like, just thinking of It'd the other so comedians great. I love. Yeah. yeah. Well, and now that we've gone, we can invite. Yeah, I've already already thought of like, I won't say because a lot yeah. of my friends listen to this podcast. But I, yeah, I've thought like, oh. He would be great here, and he would. Be yeah, great here, and yeah. I, I do you have. I've had other Americans reaching out to me, going like, "How is it as terrible as people say?" Mm-hmm. And me going like, "If you don't prepare, it will be." Yeah, yeah. But I can yeah. tell you. I think I can now tell you like a handful of things you should. I have know. had a ton of uh, a ton of friends reach out, and some of them I've thought 
and this, you know, who, who am I to make this judgment? But I've had some people where I'm like, I feel like you would hate it. Yeah. And I haven't said that because like, who am I to say yeah. that? I'm just like, here's yeah. the information. And then other people where I'm like, oh, I think you would absolutely love this. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank Do you. Do you know what time it is? Yes, it is five. Uh-huh. So we'll wrap up. Thank you so much for talking to me. Please, thank you. Is that, I hope it wasn't too boring. <laughs> no, but it didn't I mean, bore it would, your listeners too much. No, no. I mean, I, I really just, I really just wanted to talk about your experience at the festival. Yeah, likewise. I enjoyed it, I, yeah. And I think all your listeners would be, uh, <laughs> that plane ride is an intriguing conversation. But that was, that was like yeah, a weird yeah, yeah. heart to heart. Also, we took a cab from the airport together. Yes. And it dropped you off at your place. And for some reason, your place, I don't think this, I'm sure you never entered through that no, alley again, never. right? Did I tell you, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I like, yeah, it dropped me off at the alley and I took my bags all the way to the top of the stairs and my bags were really heavy and I got to the top and I just like a Looney Tunes cartoon just fell backwards. No, yes. down the stairs? Yes. And then I fell down the stairs and then I went to grab my phone uh, because I was like, I, didn't, I wasn't hurt too bad, but I had the impulse, like, I don't know if like, if you get hurt and no one sees it I wanted to tell my boyfriend I got hurt yeah <laughs> I, like went to look for my phone and I was like oh no I've left it in the cab oh and then yes you came sadly sprinting yeah <laughs> in the headlights of the car because I should mention on my end the alley was so narrow the cab driver couldn't turn around yeah I was driving backwards down yeah, the alley but yeah. was like trying so to so far yeah but he was also trying to like go at like a forward speed in reverse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, oh, well, I'll just get it. And I was like, oh, I actually have no way to get in touch with Dave, who was in that apartment. And like, yeah. yeah. And then just booked it down. You that. did. You came running in the headlights. Yeah, yeah. And we were and both was... having sad, weird experiences. <laughs> yeah. I was like gripping the seat in fear at this driving backwards situation. <laughs> and I was just waving my arms. And I was saying to myself, like, like, you need this phone. You need this phone. You can't. You can't be without this phone. And we started together and now we ended together together yeah yeah Yeah. well thank you so much yeah it was great to meet you yeah so fun so fun Okay, uh, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Chris Gethard. You can see his show, Career Suicide, presented by Judd Apatow, this October. It starts October 5th. Get tickets right away. It's uh, it's playing throughout October. It's at the Lynn Redgrave Theater. And for tickets, just go to careersuicideshow.com. Again, that's careersuicideshow.com. And you must see the show. You really must. It's It's so good. And um, it's one of those. I, th- I think it's like a, a moment, a moment in cultural history. You guys, you want to, you want to look back uh, at this time and know that you saw the show. It's, it's definitely worth it. He's great. That's uh, careersuicide.com. All right, now it's time for my personal update. Uh, hey guys. Uh, I don't know if you can hear dogs barking in the background, um, but I am recording from uh, what I'm what I'm going to call the treehouse. I'm recording from the treehouse, uh, which is my bedroom at the top of a uh, of a little of a little house in the North Strand in Dublin. Uh, the North Strand is is famous because uh, in World War II, North Strand was uh, was bombed by the Germans because they mistook it for London. So it's a, it's it's a it's a place with with an interesting history. There are some murals around around this area depicting um, that bombing where uh, many people died and and buildings were destroyed. And it's it's a it's an interesting thing. I kind of want to talk to more people about the history of that because what a, it's it's such a strange strange thing to have. Um, 
such a such a big tragedy happen by mistake, you know, because you, you can't really have the stance of like, ah, like it should have been London, <laughs> you know, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I need to look into that more. Um, but I'm sitting I'm sitting in uh, in my room and I'm calling it the treehouse because it's it's at the I believe this room was added onto this house, which I think can be described as a railroad house. It's kind of, it's long. Um, it goes, it's, it's almost like a, like a hallway with rooms on either side. And, and I leave, live with two other people. And I live in this, um, in this, in this little room that you have to take little stairs to get up to this room. And it's above the roof. If that makes sense. So like right now I'm looking out my window at the roof and it's, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a perfect day here in, uh, Dublin, Ireland. The, it's, it's my favorite kind of day because the, the clouds are dark. Um, but there's still like some sunshine, but it's just very moody and it's, and it's windy and, uh, and it's, you know, I actually really like the rain a lot and people keep on telling me that I'm going to start not liking it, but I, I don't, I disagree. I, I enjoy the rain. Also, it's a lot more temperate in Ireland than I, I, I would have imagined. Like it's, it's the weather here, I think is actually perfect. People get irritated with it because it, it changes pretty frequently, but I like that. It makes me feel, it makes me feel alive. Uh, also, um, new things I'm learning, um, being on the roof here. I, I have a lot of moments where I, where, where Ireland kind of puts me in my place a bit. Um, there are cats that live in this neighborhood and, uh, I, I, they're beautiful. They're these beautiful feral cats and they aren't, they aren't the feral cats that I'm used to because they all look like, character they all look like they could all be stars of their own cat movie they are all very unique looking there's like there's an orange one and there's a black one and there's there's a brown one and they're just they're they're all very distinct looking and um yes i have named them and yes i named them after different breakfast items so there's you know biscuit and um and uh um what what are the well i'm not going to name the names guys <laughs> If you'd like to know the names, please email me at thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com. But anyway, I got a little bold, as they would say in Ireland. Uh, I got a little bold and I bought some cat treats because I I like the cats sleeping on the roof outside my window. Um, I do I do miss having dogs. Uh, I I lost I lost my dogs in the divorce, um, but uh, not. There wasn't any argument there. I wanted them to. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but uh, but but Harvey and Nigel stayed with um, stayed with Dan because they're very happy in their big house, and and I and I um, I'm trying to move to Ireland, so obviously uh, that's that that's the only option. But anyway, I miss I miss them, um, and so in a, in a very sad uh, sad single lady move, I um, I bought a bunch of cat treats and I put them out on the roof and that, Oh, just as I'm saying this old milky is coming over. There's a cat that I've named milky uh, because I name cats like little girls, like a little girl would name a cat. Um, so 
I put these cat treats out on the roof and the cats, it was, it was going great. The cats were coming and, you know, eating, eating the treats and then just kind of falling asleep on the roof. I, I felt kind of cool. I was like, this is, this is obviously the best roof for you. And I got very healthy treats for them, even though these cats are, are I think their diet is mostly just garbage. Um, but I put these treats out and then a few nights ago, I was, uh, I was heading out and, um, my, my boyfriend and I were, were walking out of the room and I left, uh, I left my window open and Potty said, uh, that's again, yes, my boyfriend's name is Potty. He's been on the podcast before, short for Podrig. Potty said, um, yeah, you, you sure you want to leave your, your windows open? And I was like, no, no, I do. It's just, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very worried about what they call, um, the damp here, which is just mold. And so I, you know, it rains a lot. My room, my room is on the, is on the top. And I was like, well, you know, if I open the window, then, you know, air will be circulating and, and I can avoid the damp. So I left the window open and I came home, uh, later that night. And as I walked into the room, it smelt like a human head shit on my floor. Like I was sure that it was such a confusing thing because I was like, that smells like human shit. Um, but it's in my room and I was like looking around and smelling everywhere. And I'm like, what? I don't understand what the smell is. And my roommate does have a dog, a lovely dog named Joey, but he hasn't, he's, he hasn't been here recently. He's been staying with my roommate's mom. So I was like, well, I know it's not Joey. And I looked everywhere and I, and I called my roommate, Andrea, previous podcast guest, uh, Andrea Farrell into, into my room where we're looking around and we're smelling. And she's like, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't know where, where the smell is coming from. We don't see anything. And then I tell her about the cat treats and she calls me an idiot and says that obviously the cats came in here and sprayed on your carpet to mark their territory because now they think this is their home because you are feeding them. And she just, you know, wrote me off and <laughs> walked into the other room. Understandable, understandable move by Andrea. So that's, you know, Dublin teaching me a little lesson. Um I I knew it was a weird move to put treats out on the thing and then a weirder move to leave the door open. And uh, I'm happy to say that if I, I have since I've since gotten rid of that smell, I've like cleaned the carpet wherever that possibly could have been. That's not to say that the cats can't smell it. I'm sure they can smell it. So I am I am keeping my windows closed. Uh, also, personal personal updates. Um yeah, since we since we last spoke, uh, I finished my run at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which was very exciting. Um, I want to talk about this uh, kind of profound experience that I had last week. Uh, there is a there's a podcast, another podcast. Um, yes, there is another podcast besides this one on Gimlet Media uh, called the Sampler Podcast, and. It's it's a very good podcast, and this last week they did an episode uh, wholly dedicated to um, my relationship with Dan uh, playing out over our, our two podcasts, uh, This Feels Terrible and Harmontown. And I knew this was, I knew this was happening. Uh, sampler podcast reached out to me and asked me if it was, if it was okay for them to use clips from the show. Um, I don't think they realized, and I definitely didn't realize when they started doing that, that they were going to, uh, 
do the show exactly as as it played out with um, just kind of telling the story of our of our relationship and subsequent breakup with the podcasts. So I was I, I listened to it last week uh, as I was walking home from the gym. Thank you very much, um, Jim Bragg. Uh, yeah, side note, I have been going to the gym, um, but I, uh, yeah, I've been going to the gym. That's, that's, it's very boring talking about going to the gym. Anyway, I was listening to this podcast on my walk home, which is about a 40 minute walk. And it's, um, it's a very well done podcast. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, or if you also listen to the Harmontown podcast, I guess I would recommend it. It's, it's, it's very well done. Um, I feel I feel almost like crying thinking about it now, but it, it was it was very surreal to listen to. They 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 use clips from both of these shows, um, where they and and discussed uh and and yeah, <laughs> told the story of us getting together and breaking up, and they played clips from from episodes that I have never listened to or listened back to, uh, just because they were painful painful moments in uh in my relationship with Dan. And I, it was, it was very surreal walking through Dublin, listening to this very well put together podcast about this four year period of my life. And, um, and I, and I kept on, you know, st- I needed to like stop to kind of wipe away my tears uh, a few times. Um, and, uh, you know, I just pretended I was looking out across the Liffey or, <laughs> or, um, into like a, the, at, down the Lewis tracks, um, which is the, the, the train that runs through the city. Uh, and it was, it was very, it was very difficult. And it reminded, I mean, it, 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 uh, it reminded me that, um, there's, there's not, I mean, sometimes I think I can just like kind of, you know, close, close the book on a, this, this, this part of my life. Um, but there's, I, I shouldn't, I mean, that podcast reminds me that there's, there's value in, in not just like, in not throwing away those memories and the, excuse me and the and the things that I, that I learned and I really after listening to that podcast I really wanted to uh call Dan and I really wanted to tell him that I you know care about him um but I didn't uh because yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't because I felt like it would be, so, you know, I, I, our, our own, I, you know, I don't know where he's at emotionally. Um, and I, you know, I, did, I didn't know where I was going to, where, what, whatever I was going to find him. And I felt like it would be kind of selfish to just like reach out to him. And, but, but I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be selfish. I'm not sure. It's a, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing to navigate. And it's funny listening back to this podcast. Like I forgot how, how open, um, we, we were about so many things, um, and how much is just there forever. And 
no matter how much I may try to move forward as, as I am, I am moving forward, but it's not something that can just be erased. I mean, it's actually like on the internet forever. (laughs) So, um, but it's, but it's nice. It's a nice thing. Uh, but it is, it is a strange, strange thing. And, uh, not, not something, not feelings that I, that I really even know, really don't even really know how to process those feelings yet. And I know that I know I'm also dealing with this thing right now where I, I feel, I feel really happy and I feel really grateful. And I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with, uh, feeling like I don't deserve that. And like, I, I, and like something bad is going to happen. Um, which, which is not, not something I thought, I thought I would struggle with. Um, it's funny, like around every turn, I'm very surprised by, uh, by my feelings, uh, about everything. I feel just little, little surprise presence <laughs> of feelings. Uh, it's, it's, I know, I know I'm fascinated with my own feelings. I know I am. I know. Um, I'm sorry, but, uh, but I'm, but I'm, to be fair, I'm fascinated with everyone's feelings about everything. So, I, I don't know. I'm apologizing, but where I'm at right now, I'm, I'm really happy and I am. And as far as I can tell, Dan is really happy and I, and I'm happy that we're both happy. (laughs) And that's, that's, that's the truth. But there's, it's, um, I'm trying to remind myself that like, you know, that listening to that podcast reminds me of something that I tell people all the time, which is that even, even if there's a breakup and even if, uh, even, even when relationships end, um, I like how my, like when I get choked up, I sound like an old woman. Um, oh God, our old women just always crying. That's a dumb joke. Uh, it, it reminds me that just because a relationship ends doesn't mean that it was garbage. And I know that we both learned a lot from that relationship and it's, it is possible to not look at it like a massive failure, um, because I am glad that it happened and I'm also grateful that it ended. So, um, yeah, you know, gratitude, et cetera, gratitude, et cetera. Um, I'm always worried about saying et cetera wrong. Uh, anyway, that's my, that's my, my long unwieldy personal update. Uh, if you would like to get in contact with me, uh, please email, email me at, uh, this feels terrible at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Erin McGathy, uh, tweet, tweet at me, um, uh, email me. Email me actually if you if you have some like constructive stuff about like what you'd like to hear more on the show. I, I have a ton of interviews and I'm really excited to share with you. And I'd like to do some more experimental stuff uh, while I'm here in Ireland. And uh, yeah, email me about that. Um, I'm going to be doing a live. This feels terrible in Dublin sooner than later. So keep your ears out for that if you are in fact in Ireland. Other than that, I hope that you are so well, and I love you and. And uh, let's all let's all be brave and let's all be kind. Megath attack.
Pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.